we're recording this towards the end of June. So as far as planners go in my world, it's doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got this far in the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got this far in the year and I can still put my hands on it on my desk. That That's pretty good going. <laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. At this point in the podcast, you normally have the dulcet tones of Ellie doing the introduction, but um, I'm actually away and she's busy and hasn't had time to do it. And rather than hold the podcast up further, I'm going to do it for her. So today I'm interviewing Nicholas Semple. We've moved in the same Facebook circles for a few years now, and we recently connected in person or rather on the phone. It took three attempts to record the podcast with various internet issues at either end and it actually gave us plenty of time to chat to each other to realise how much that we've got in common. Nicola is a podcaster, author, speaker and trainer. Her mission is to equip the busy, stressed and overwhelmed with life skills for the modern world and to help them live their own version of a good life. Nicola is the creator of Mindfulness for Busy People, host of the Good Life Well Lived podcast author of Staying Home with the Kids, How to Stay Sane, Stay You and Enjoy Your Time with Your Little People. And she also blogs about mindfulness, self-awareness and focus on her own site, nicholasemple.com. And I feel I must now say, back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Nicola Semple of nicholasemple.com. And I'm really excited to be interviewing you, Nicola, because this is our third attempt, isn't it? I know. Hello, Joe. It's so nice to be here. I'm, we're connected. We're recording. It's happening. I, <laughs> and I can't quite that. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to press on just in case it all goes horribly wrong, aren't we? <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so start by telling us a bit about you, what you do and where you do it. So I am a podcaster, an author, a speaker, a trainer, Um, And all of the work that I do is to equip people who are busy and stressed and overwhelmed with some basic life skills for the modern world. And what I really want them to do is what I want to do is to help them live their own version of a good life well lived. So get really clear on what it is that they want to get out of life and then to help them and give them the skills to make sure that they can go after that for themselves. Love it. And I remember when we first spoke, when we couldn't actually do the podcast, but we had a chat instead, <laughs> we, yeah. we realised we had lots lots in common. And the one thing we don't have in common is you describe what you do far better than I do. <laughs> well, do you know, when you do these exercises where you have to write your elevator pitch, oh, it's painful. Because when you do lots of different things and when what you do has evolved over time, 
it's very difficult to be concise and be very clear about what it is that you do. Um, and certainly for me, that is all evolving. So there's yeah. the kind of the, the what I do, um, which is about helping the busy, the stressed and the overwhelmed and the how I do it. Um, and at the moment, I'm doing that through um, I have a small number of one to one mentorships that I do. Um, and I also run a program called Mindfulness for Busy People, which is really about getting clear and getting focused on what you want out of your life um, and also equipping people with some tools and strategies and techniques about how to live their life more mindfully. Mm, lovely. So tell us a bit more about why you do what you do, because I know, as you've just intimated and, and we discussed, quite similar to me, you've gone through quite a lot of sort of iterations of, of who you are and what you do. So yeah. why are you where you are now? Um, because I was surrounded by people who on the surface were very successful or seemingly very successful, but were deeply unhappy. Um, and it became really clear to me that we are living in a world that is so fast paced, so busy. So many of us are completely overwhelmed. And ultimately, we only get one shot at this life. So if mm -hmm. you are living your life in this haze of busyness, the chances are you're not actually getting to the the nub of what it is that you want to get out of your life. Um, and I really wanted to help people to do that. And were there um, things that happened in your own life that got you to that place? Um, there were a couple of things. So like many people, I am juggling a home, a family, a business, all these different things up in the air. And I was really aware for myself that I was burning the candle at both ends. I was trying to do too much and I was feeling overwhelmed. Mm. So I went on my own, I guess, kind of my own personal journey of how to how to make life easier for myself. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I did was I went on an eight week mindfulness course to really try and stop my head from whizzing around of all the things that I could, should, maybe would do at some point mm. and try and get really focused on focusing my attention in the present moment. Um, and I had heard of mindfulness and I kind of thought it was quite a good thing to do. So I went along to this eight week course and I sat there and it was like, it was almost like I was in a cartoon strip with light bulbs pinging above my head because <laughs> I could see how what I was being taught during these eight weeks how it was having an impact for me. But I could also see how it would have a big impact for the clients I was working with at the time. And yeah, um, so at the yeah. time I was helping people with business strategy and the practical side of running a business. Um, and I could see how it would really impact on their life. Um, and also just talking to friends and, you know, colleagues that I used to work with. I was like, people need this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it then inspired me to go on and do an additional six month um, professional mindfulness practitioner program to help me really deepen my understanding so that I could implement that and share that in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. I, and I think it's probably worth noting that I approach mindfulness from quite a different perspective to a lot of people. So a lot of people who teach mindfulness classes are, they're clinicians. So they come at it either with a medical background or they might be a hypnotherapist or, you know, they, they tend to work with people who 
have had specific mental health issues. Whereas I see this more as helping people who they don't have a specific mental health issue. However, they could hugely benefit from focusing their minds and spending more time in the present moment to help them get more joy and more happiness from their life. Yeah. yeah. So how does that manifest in terms of how you're prioritising what you do in your work and life? As you say, it is busy. We've got you know stuff happening all the time. And when you run your own business, and you've got family and children and everything. It, um, it, it quite easily becomes what you wouldn't think is yeah, mindful yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so tell us a bit more about how you do that for yourself using what you now know and the skills that you have now as well so in the mindfulness for busy people course that I run um I split the mindfulness practice into three different components one is just the stuff that you do every single day it's part integrate it into your daily life one is um your mindfulness meditation practice and we can talk about that a bit later but the third thing is what I call these mindfulness micro practices and they're just little practices that you can you know you can just pick and choose throughout the day as to what it is that you need and so the micro practice that I use a lot um, and it's something that I know that my clients take away and use a lot um, is just asking myself the question what is important right now and whatever is the answer to that question, that is the thing that I do. And so like it, really, yeah. mm -hmm. it really helps to get you to slow down and focus the mind on what do I need to do right now? So there are about six billion things that I could be doing in this moment in time, but what's important right now? So if I give you an example, we are recording this, what time is it? It's 20 past two in the afternoon. Um, I need to pick the kids up from school about 3.15. Um, and between 3.15 and 8 o'clock, I have a hell of a lot that I need to get done. But in my mind, I'm just going to keep asking myself, right, what's important right now? What's important right now? And generally what will win out is spending time with the kids and helping them with something. Mm -hmm. And then the things that are less important, like making up the spare room for my in-laws arriving at nine o'clock tomorrow morning will slip further down the priority list and they'll get done but that won't be my top priority I'll be thinking about what is the thing that is most important to get done right now mm. and in a work context this has really helped as well because we can you know when you I, I guess this applies in all aspects of work but I think particularly when you're self-employed you can have a tendency to fill your time up with busy work you know the yeah. stuff that doesn't really have an impact so you know you might be tempted to post something on social media three times a day because you think that's what you should be doing to maintain your presence mm -hmm. um but actually for me and my business what's important right now <clears throat> and it might be the real focus at that moment in time is around revenue generation so what is important right now to make sure that I generate the revenue that I need to generate this month? That's what I need to go do. That's how I prioritize. So um, how, how can we, how, how can we sort of get to that place? Cause it, it, it sounds so simple. Um, yeah. And you sort of think, well, why doesn't everyone just do that anyway? But well, I'm just trying to think about those moments when, when you know, you have you are overwhelmed and you have got so many other things going on. What what enables us to, you know, to 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 
do that to bring ourselves into that moment to do that so i think that there's an answer which may not seem like the apparent answer but i do believe that it's true um so there's a lady called sharon salzberg who is a mindfulness guru in the states um and one of her quotes is mindfulness is easy we just need to remember to do it ah, I like um, that. Mm -hmm. yeah and mindfulness is most it's the simplest thing in the world it's just about being here right now and experiencing the moment mm -hmm. but we don't always remember to do that because our mind gets overtaken with other things yeah um, and this is where mindfulness meditation comes in now i'm quite i'm quite weary of meditation because i think a lot of people associate in their head oh mindfulness is just meditation and actually meditation is a tool that can help you to become more mindful so what you do in meditation or in mindfulness meditation at least is that you are trying to maintain your focus on something and quite often in mindfulness meditation you use your breath yeah so you're trying to maintain your focus on your breath and every time your attention wanders off all you need to do is bring your attention back to the breath and you just keep on doing that throughout the course of the meditation and people will often say oh i'm doing it wrong because my mind's wandering that that's not the case the whole point of it is not about emptying your mind it is about bringing your attention back to that focal point now what happens when you practice mindfulness meditation is that it actually causes changes in the neural pathways in your brain and this is it this blew my mind the first time that i discovered it um but it actually changes the way that your brain is structured and as a result of that it allows you to become more rational in the way that you think and you are less likely to become overwhelmed right and I know that sounds like a, a massive leap from, well, how, you know, how do you stop being overwhelmed in your daily life to you're actually changing the structure of your brain? Um, but if anybody wants to find out more about it, there is a brilliant book by Ruby Wax called Frazzled. Yeah. Um, and she writes about it. She's got a whole chapter devoted to the neuroscience of mindfulness. Um, and she writes about it in a really simple way because it, they're quite complex issues to, to grapple with and get your head around. But the way she writes about it is really for the layman. Um, mm. And you, you can pick it up and you can start to understand what this meditation practice can do to change the structure of your brain and the impact that then has on your decision-making, the way you feel, the way you interact with the world. Mm. And, and it's really quite incredible. Mm. Um, and so, all I can say is it only works. So people <laughs> listening to this might be quite skeptical about it, um, but I am living proof that it works because I was one of these people that would say, oh, I can't meditate. Oh no, that's not for me. Um, and I had a friend who probably about three years ago was saying to me, you need to meditate. You need to slow down. You need to stop that brain from whirring so much. Yeah, um, I would say to her, oh, no, I can't. That's just not for me. It's not for me. Mm. And then the irony was not lost on me when about three years later, I was sitting in this training course, learning how to teach other people about meditation. And I burst out laughing because I was like, 
what am I doing? How did I end up here? Um, and I ended up there because I had felt the impact of it on myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think when we spoke earlier, I mentioned um, a podcast I listened to, um, Own It, with uh, Nicola Cairncross and Judith Morgan. And Nicola yes. recently talked about uh, meditation and she has never been anyone who would have ever thought about it. And Judith just can't stop laughing when they're talking about it. Um, and she's very happy for her too, but she's a bit like, you know, you were so sort of adamant you were never going to do it. Yeah. And, and in fact, I heard her, um, uh, she's doing an Alexa daily briefing or on her own podcast or something. And she was, she was quoting, you know, how helpful she'd found it, which uh, as you say, same sort of thing that, that she'd been so anti the idea and now she's done it. She's, she's yes. evangelical. <laughs> and, I, and I listened to that podcast as well. And what I think is quite interesting is just I, and you do need to listen to every week to kind of hear the subtle changes in the way that she's talking about her business and the yeah. decisions that she's making. Yeah. But it does make a difference. Um, mm -hmm. And it has certainly helped me to become much more focused on what is important in my own life, both yeah. in the, kind of the, the big picture um, and then just in the day to day activities. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's move on a bit to thinking about how you get stuff done. So we've we talked about, um, you know, the mindfulness piece and, and reducing some of that overwhelm and so on. But clearly, we've still got lots to do. How do you get yeah. that done? How do you manage that? Lists, lists and more lists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I love a good list. Um, I plan my life in half terms because I've got two kids at primary school and that's that's the way my life operates at the moment. Um, and a half term is actually quite a nice block of time in which you can plan to get stuff done. And it's a chunky amount of time for anybody that doesn't have children. It's usually between about five and seven weeks. Um, so I would sit down at the start of a half term and kind of work out, right, what does that next five to seven weeks look like for me? Yeah. Um, and then on a Sunday night, it's sitting down and actually doing the, the plan of the week, what needs to get done this week. Um, what calls have I got? Who am I meeting? You know, that that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's just getting on and getting it done. Mm -hmm. And then if if conflicts do come up and they, they absolutely do come up, it's asking myself the question, what what's important right now? And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself speaking to the um, head teachers at the beginning of the year and asking them to, you know, lengthen the term a bit or <laughs> reduce it? Well, you see, my youngest is still only six and a half term's enough for him. <laughs> he he gets to a certain point and he just can't, he can't take any more. Um, and th this half term's seven weeks long and we're only two weeks in and I'm just thinking, how are we going to get to the end of this? <laughs> I think the teachers have the same sort of issue. <laughs> <laughs> so... So tell us a bit about um, how you manage the lists. Are they paper lists? Are they technology? Do you use tools and apps to help you? Um, I used to use Evernote a lot. And I've kind of reverted back to pen and paper, if I'm honest. Um, so my calendar is run on Google Calendar, which I absolutely love. And it all syncs beautifully between my laptop and my phone. Um, I use a scheduling tool to book clients in and to book people onto my podcast. Um, and that's I use Acuity for that. And then that links beautifully through into my Google Calendar. So that's all quite high tech and all very linked up. Um, and on the occasions that I do use a VA, they can go in and, and do what they need to do in that. 
Mm. Um, but after that, I'm a pen and paper girl. So I have a planner. Let me just check the name of it. It's called the Freedom Mastery Planner. Um, and I'm one of these people that probably do buy a planner every single December and say, right, this year I'm going to use this planner religiously all year. And then it gets to about February, March time and I've fallen off the bandwagon because it doesn't quite meet what I need it to do. Um, yeah. But this Freedom Mastery Planner has actually been really, really good. And I don't necessarily use it how it should be used. So it's got a whole big section um, that's got, it's almost like a day by day time plan of you know using it as a diary. And I don't use it for that. I just use it as a to do list for that day. Um, but it's got some really nice sections of this week's priorities, your personal to-do list. It's got a really good little bit at the bottom. It's called the positive habit maker. And you can list out the habits that you want to make sure that you're incorporating into your week. And you can tick those off throughout the week. Mm. Um, and then it's got loads of space for little notes. Um, and then you do a review at the end of the month. And I don't use it religiously and probably not in all of the ways in which it was intended, but it is certainly meeting my needs so far. And we're recording this towards the end of June. So as far as planners go in my world, it's doing pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got this far in the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's got this far in the year and I can still put my hands on it on my desk. That That's pretty good going. There's a, been a real move back to paper planners isn't there I mean they you know I think people have quite often talked about paper generally I mean a lot of my podcast guests do talk about paper where I'm the sort of tech person but uh, I've noticed a lot of um, people and we had um, Sophie Jury on sort of early on and she has an annual planner and she's constantly helping other people to create their own planners and uh, Michael Hyatt has a planner that he launched I don't know sort of I was going to say six months ago, it must have been longer than that because it was probably ready for January, wasn't it? Uh, but it just seems to be a bit of a renaissance given, you know, how popular the f- uh, filofaxes and all that sort of were 20 years ago and so on, maybe 30 years ago. So I would probably track it back to um, Leonie Dawson. Do you know Leonie yes, Dawson? I do, right. yes. Yeah, yeah. So she, she has her business and life planners and they were massive and everybody was buying them and then and I certainly bought it maybe about four or five years ago. And you get this beautiful book. It was beautifully illustrated. And then you work through it and you're like, God, there's a whole lot of stuff in here I don't actually need. And there's some stuff missing that I would like. Um, and that's where I think Sophie in particular is has noticed a gap in the market and is helping people to create the planners that are right for them. Um, yeah. And it, it's such a personal, individual thing. So there are, there are things in this planner, there are boxes that I never fill in, but there are some that I've scored out and I've put my own headings to. Um, so it gives me a general structure that works for me, but it's not necessarily completely fit for purpose. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but that said, I do think there is something about putting pen to paper mm. and committing to doing something. And I find it much more effective than having an online list Mm. but but again that's a very personal thing and it's probably a generational thing as well um I was at an event quite recently where I was looking at someone I thought will you please put your phone away (laughs) because I thought they were just messaging in their phone and then it took me a while to realize that they were actually taking notes on their phone (laughs) and I can't imagine anything that would 
make me less likely to absorb the information being presented to me than me taking notes on my phone at the same time as somebody speaking. However, if I, yeah. if I talk to my 21 year old niece, that's how she take notes in her lectures at university. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm just the 40 year old old dinosaur who, who still likes the pen and paper. Well, I'm nearly a 50 year old and I take notes on my phone and I always make sure I tell people that's what I'm doing because I would worry that they're thinking I'm texting people. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, to begin with, I was just like, that is so rude. What is that person doing? And then I realised that they were taking notes. And I think even even more high tech than that, they were taking notes and sending it to their colleague in real time, Um, which was, yeah, very impressive. Brilliant. So what about... um, people helping you to get stuff done do you do you have people who do bits of uh, your business for you or do you um work very much on your own um it depends so I have had a VA in the past that I have used intermittently um and actually a very good VA but it just depends on what is happening with my workload at a particular point in time um and that is the beauty of using a VA rather than having somebody that you are employing Um, But probably the most important person who helps me get stuff done is my cleaner. My cleaner, is. (laughs) she's just, I don't know what it's like where you live, but finding a cleaner, I live um, near Gatwick Airport in Surrey, and finding a cleaner is like gold dust. And once you find a good cleaner, you look after them and you treat them well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and Zoe is just the best thing that ever happened to our house <laughs> and I, I just could not be without her um, she's just brilliant and she just she only comes once every couple of weeks but it gives me the peace of mind to know that once every couple of weeks the house will be in a really nice state for about three hours until the kids come home from school and wreck it <laughs> Um, but and also people laugh at me because I, I make sure I tidy up for the cleaner coming but I just figure she can't clean I want her to clean I don't want her to tidy yeah. um, and so it makes me tidy the house and it makes me get the kids to tidy their rooms in preparation for it being cleaned and and getting getting yeah. stuff done yeah. and so for me that just frees up time I know that that is life is busy enough as it is I hate doing housework and cleaning so it frees up my mind to know that that piece of my life is sorted. I don't have to think about it and I can spend the time that I would have spent thinking about it and actually doing it, focusing on my work and the thing that I am interested in and that I do want to do. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was listening to a podcast just before we came on with a lady called Sigrun, who's going to be on this podcast in a couple of weeks. And um, uh, she was talking about outsourcing and the very first person she outsourced to was a cleaner so much the same and I didn't have one for about three years um I did a bit of a deal with uh, little Dodsey and her dad around a karate lesson instead of me paying for a cleaner <laughs> and then in the end <laughs> the deal was they were supposed to do some of the cleaning but that didn't happen so in the end I, uh, I've gone back to the cleaner idea and it does just make as you say such a massive difference just even from a sort of um peace of mind point of view to enable you to think straight about everything else doesn't it it's really interesting Mm. Um, and the other thing in a kind of a similar vein it's not business related as such but it does help um online shopping 
Praise yeah. the Lord. What what did we do before online shopping? Mm-hmm. Um, we wasted a lot of time. That's what we did, and probably didn't buy half as much stuff. But that, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but just knowing that that stuff is set up and automated and will appear when it's supposed to appear and that we don't have to intervene in it, it's just fabulous. Yes, yeah, definitely. So what about looking after yourself, keeping healthy and that sort of thing? What 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 do you do with that? Obviously, the mindfulness comes in there. <laughs> yeah, um, probably not enough, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, so there's two things that I'm well one thing that I make sure happens and one that I say that I make sure happens and doesn't always um I go to a Pilates class twice a week um I I've always suffered from quite a bad back not not any serious medical condition but just years of traveling around carrying a laptop compounded by several years of carrying children and you know just general wear and tear um And when my son started school, I committed to myself that I was going to go to Pilates once a week. And I've now upped this to twice a week because, again, I felt the benefit of it. A bit like the mindfulness thing. Once I started to reap the rewards, I thought, yeah, this is worth me investing my time and money and energy into. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do that twice a week. The time is blocked out in my diary. It is non-negotiable. If people ask to have meetings at those times, I'm just not available. Because if it doesn't happen at those times, the classes are only on at particular times, so I have to make sure that I get there. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Now, the other thing which I'd like to say that I do, but I don't always do, is around sleep. Yeah. So sleep, well, I think sleep generally is very important to everyone. Um, and you can really tell with kids when they've not had enough sleep and the impact it has. And it then makes me think about, well, what am I like when I've not had enough sleep? Because I'm probably as cranky as they are. Um, And I have been really trying to focus on it this year because I know how much better I feel when I've had good sleep. Um, And so those are the two two main things that I really try and focus on. Um, And the one thing that I will, I'm going to say this out loud on air, in the, hope might, in the hope it might give me a kick up the backside to do something about it I am rubbish at drinking water <laughs> and we all know that we're supposed to drink more water and it's all very good for us and I'm, I, I just I don't know why um, I'm rubbish at doing it so I'm wondering if I say it out loud and maybe when I listen back to this it might shame me into drinking a bit more <laughs> Yeah, and then that'll be the same thing, that once you've done that for a little bit, it'll make you feel better and more inclined to do it in the future. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you know the bit I never seem to get over is the needing to go to the toilet so much? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that's good as well. It means you get up and move around more often. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, these are all positives. They're all positives. But, uh, well, you must have things as well. You know that you should be doing it, and yet you still don't do it for whatever oh. reason. Absolutely. I try and go walking every day and I have to create a, um, chores in order to do it. You know, like I have to go to the shop or I have to go to the doctors or go to the vets or whatever. I don't know. I have to space all my chores out so that I don't do them all on the same day. You know, from a productivity point of view, that you'd normally sort of recommend that you batch your yeah, tasks. Yeah, yeah. But I don't do that to try and make myself leave the house and walk every and day. Walk. But it doesn't always happen, as you said. <laughs> I, well, I was thinking about this quite recently because I was 
thinking so in a day I probably walk a couple of miles just doing the school run mm -hmm. and I thought what am I going to do once I don't have to do the school run anymore? Yeah, you have to do like I do, create loads of chores and tasks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to have to make myself actually walk without purpose rather than, you know, walking to drop off yeah. a child or pick up a child. Exactly. My school run involves going in the car for 20 minutes now. Well, 40 minutes by the time I've gone there and back. So, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really help on the exercise front. <laughs> no, I'm sure it doesn't. But probably helps on the listening to podcasts and audiobooks and that that type of thing. It does. There's always a silver lining to every potential cloud, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> so, so, um, so talking about that, what what do you do to learn and, and improve yourself? You've you've done made loads of changes over the years, so I'm sure, like me, you're probably constantly. Well, you've already mentioned that you listen to at least to one podcast that I also listen to. So, <laughs> what yeah. what do you do? So, um. I'm a big reader and I say that and in 2018 I've not read that much um it's, I seem to go through fits and spurts with reading um 2017 I think I read something like 42 books in the year or 42 personal development books or things that I thought were related to business um and actually I wrote a blog post about it which I will send you the link to to put in the show notes if you want yeah it's a list of some some really good books that I read last year that some of the listeners might be interested in um and I feel like this year I haven't read I've certainly not read at the same rate that I did last year but I'm listening to more content this year so I'm listening to more podcasts and listening to more audiobooks um and I'm not quite sure why that change has taken place but it's just consuming content in a different way um so you you mentioned the own it the podcast um earlier which i also listen to and i love i just i just think they're so funny wow i know um, they we always laugh that i walk around sainsbury's giggling to myself because i'm listening to their podcasts and people are giving me funny looks yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know i i do enjoy that one the other one that i've got into quite recently is um i think it's called i actually don't know what it's called it's fern cotton's new podcast oh okay no not listen to that um it might be called happy that was her book so I don't know whether the podcast had the same name but if you just look up Fern Cotton podcast you'll be able to find it um and she's interviewed some really interesting people um about what makes them happy um and as well as listening well I've been listening to it and really enjoying the content but having my own podcast and then listening to hers and just how beautifully she interviews people and the production quality of it. And, you know, she's she's a bit of a hero of mine at the moment. Yeah, oh, I have to definitely check that one out, although I keep adding podcasts to my list and not taking any away. So I'm uh, quite uh, behind at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it's quite interesting how your taste in podcasts evolves. Because certainly when I listened to podcasts a few years ago, it was all the big American names. Um, so the Lewis Howes and Pat Flynn's and Amy Porterfield, you know, the, the, the big American business gurus. Um, and actually my taste has evolved much more into smaller podcasts. Oh, the other one that I like is um, Hashtag Authentic. Oh, okay, again, not one I've heard of. Um, and that's, oh, it's the lady that runs Orla and me. 
I can send you the links to these so that if anybody mm. wants to, to have a listen in. Um, and again, it's it's just probably people with smaller audiences, but they get on some really interesting people. Mm. Um, and since I discovered you, Joe, I've listened to quite a few of your episodes and I'm really enjoying them. Oh, so. lovely. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> um, I've got somebody else booked in who said um, a similar thing uh, on LinkedIn actually earlier in the week that she's been listening to them and really enjoying them. So, uh, so that's good. I think that's how we got talking, wasn't it? Through it was, and and I think that is the really lovely thing. Well, I guess it's like podcasting and blogging and just any way of getting content out there is getting to know. I guess this the smaller names in business. You don't always have to just follow those big, bright, shiny stars. You can learn a lot from other people who are on a similar journey to you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, Sonia, I was um, applying to go on somebody's podcast myself this week and, and there was a link that said, you know, people who've been on the podcast, and uh, albeit it was an American podcast, but, you know, I looked, clicked on the link and I didn't recognise any of the names on there. So I thought, you know, yeah. actually there's so many people in the world (laughs) (laughs) I I always say that I would love to see other people's Facebook feeds because we all live in our own little echo chamber of what we think the world looks like Um, and I bet you well I've I've had a brief look at one of my niece's Facebook feeds and it looks absolutely nothing like mine (laughs) (laughs) there there are whole different worlds out there (laughs) Yes, yeah, exactly. All in, all our own little bubbles, definitely. So um, what about rituals? So keeping stuff going, routines and that sort of thing. Do you, I imagine you do have some from what we've already discussed. Do you, do you have things that you do on a regular basis or uh, um, rituals that enable you to do things because they feel like they're enjoyable? <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I am absolutely rubbish at routine. <laughs> rubbish, rubbish, <laughs> rubbish at routine. Um, you were saying about you know asking the teachers to make the half terms longer I don't think I can stick to a school routine for more than six or seven weeks before going <laughs> totally crazy um, I have certain things that I do every day but I don't have particular routines by which I live yeah um, so I, I do make sure that I do my mindful meditation every day um, but that might happen first thing in the morning. It might happen before the school run in the afternoon. It might happen at 12 o'clock when I feel the need to do it. Um, but it does not happen at any set times. Um, mm. Probably the closest to a routine that I've got is that sitting down on a Sunday night and figuring out what the week's going to look like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's not that I play it by ear. It's just that I'm quite flexible in the way in which the week unfolds um yeah it's interesting I never sort of really think about what the definition of all this is but what you've said to me is sort of like you, you you're not wanting to acknowledge a routine but actually you, you've got habits and the fact that they those yes. things happen every day but on different at different times make you know still make them something that helps you to sustain behavior don't they even though yeah. as you say, they're not a, they're definitely not a routine <laughs> yeah and and also it could well be well, my the majority of my week is driven by my children's timetables. So yeah. you know, you've got the routine of the school day, but you've then got you know swimming on a Monday, gymnastics on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and that there are certain things I do when they are at these activities. So you know, one of the days I'll make sure that I do the online shop, 
um, because it's a good use of my time while they're off having their swimming lesson. Yes. Um, so I, I'm, again, I guess that's part of a routine. Mm. Um, but no, it's well, maybe we won't just... tell anyone. We won't tell anyone you've got a routine. Okay. We'll <laughs> say that you're extremely flexible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's maybe just part of my personality that I rage against the routine. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting though, as you say, having picking certain things that enable you to do other things to sort of get best use of time. And I'm, I've always talked about, um, you know, how smartphones can really help us to to find those pockets of time where ordinarily we wouldn't be doing very much. So today I had a an appointment that finished at eleven, and I was due somewhere else at twelve. So I went and grabbed a coffee, and then sat on my phone for half an hour, and actually got quite a lot of fairly substantial work done because I can now. But we yes, wouldn't have been able yeah. to do that in the past. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. What about those days where things don't go right? When when uh, you've got all that overwhelm, and it's all and and maybe on that that day when the what's the the next thing I should be doing? It perhaps that doesn't work quite as well. What what do you how do you deal with that? <laughs> get really grumpy <laughs> <laughs> see his honesty now <laughs> get grumpy maybe shout at somebody um say some things that I shouldn't um yeah just it just go on with it really um you know you do have not everything is going to go according to plan all the time and I think we would be naive and foolish to expect that to happen um but when things don't go the way they're supposed to go, there is something about taking a moment to kind of stop and think of, well, does this really matter? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, taking the time to have a bit of a mope and a bit of a, oh, well, that's not really very good, is it? Um, and then picking yourself back up and getting on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, th but I think the giving yourself time to have a mope is important because that's life yes yeah yeah no, exactly and sort of yeah that having that moment just to sort of acknowledge before you perhaps move on yeah okay so what about a day when you end the day knowing that you've had the chance to live more and I talk about that being to do more of the things that you want to do and less of what you feel you should do or you have to do what what does that look like what have you done um it's it's actually quite straightforward and quite simple so I will have spent time with my family um, I will have spent some time outside and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know a 10 mile country walk it might just have been five minutes out in the garden um, and I will have felt like I have made a difference to somebody else and again that doesn't need to be a massive substantial difference it could be a chat that you have with somebody when you're coming home from the school run in the morning and you know that what you've said to them has has made a difference to their day mm -hmm. um just stopping to talk to somebody in the street that you know lives in their own um and maybe won't have the opportunity to have another conversation with somebody else um mm. a couple of weeks ago i went to an event run by um liz gilbert who wrote big magic and eat pray love yeah and she got everyone to do this exercise about, um, it was basically what does being joyful mean to you? And there were something like 800 people in the room and everybody had to write down what that meant to them. And so she then got people to raise their hands and say, right, how many of you said um, you needed to spend time outside? And pretty much everybody put their hands up. 
how many of you said you needed to spend time with people that you love pretty much everybody put their hands up and she said yeah. that's it it's as simple as that <laughs> love it yeah and uh she's gonna write another book about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it's true i was what did I, I was listening to something this morning they talked about that the concept of grounding you know going outside and um having bare feet i can't think what that came up on Right, so again, this is something that five years ago, I would have been like, oh, that's a lot of rubbish. <laughs> and quite often what I do, pick up the kids from school, they've got this beautiful playing field and they'll be off playing and I'll be standing having a chat with people. And I might be known to take my shoes off and stand in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> You're going quite woo-woo now, aren't you, Nicola? <laughs> I am, I am. I, I never, nobody's ever noticed that I've done it. In fact, if anybody listens to this that knows me from school, they'll they'll be on to me now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit of multitasking, grounding while you're having that post-school conversation. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. <laughs> Excellent. It's been great interviewing you. I can't believe we've finally done it and we've got right to the end and we seem to still be connected. I know, it's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing. So tell people how they can find out more about you and connect up with you. Um, so you can find me on my website, nicolasimple.com. Um, you can find out more about my podcast, The Good Life Well Lived, by going to nicolasimple.com forward slash podcast. Um, and I am on Facebook and Instagram at I am Nicola Simple. I'm also on Twitter on at I am Nicola Simple, but I'm rarely on Twitter. So Facebook and Instagram are definitely better places to find me. Lovely. Thank you. Really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks very much, Joe. It's been a pleasure. All this information is available on the show notes, which you can find if you go to the link powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 67. Every week I send a newsletter to my mailing list. And if you want to receive that, you can go to engagementandwellbeing.com and sign up there. I try and share useful content with my mailing list and one of the things that I share on a weekly basis is a tool that I use within my business that I really like and so I'm going to start doing that on the podcast too so that I only have to think about one piece of content for two different places which I thought would be quite handy. Uh, obviously if you're listening to this and reading my newsletter you'll get the information twice but hey they always say that we need to communicate things about 10 times in 10 different ways for people to um uh, all get it so <laughs> hopefully that will help you um anyway so this week what i'm sharing is uh rev.com which is uh, was originally a website that i started to use a good while ago to transcribe audio for me it's very quick and easy you just upload your audio and they charge uh at the moment it's a dollar a minute for the audio so i used to use it for getting the transcription of the podcast done, but I don't do a transcription anymore since I've been using Lidwell Writing Services for the really comprehensive show notes, so I don't need the transcript anymore. Uh, but I do use it if, for example, I've got to create something and I can sort of speak into a recorder and record whatever it is I need to do and then get it transcribed and then I can edit it. So it's a way of perhaps uh, putting together a blog post or an article or recently I had to do something for the Engage for Success newsletter and somebody recorded a video and sent it to me and I got it transcribed so that I could edit it and pull out the uh, main messages from that. 
so I really recommend it if you ever need any audio to be transcribed. Transcribed. They do a really good job and the quality of what they send back is excellent. So it can be a really good uh, tool to add into your uh, list of tools that you use in your business, particularly if you want to turn audio into writing. But the other piece of functionality that I'd completely forgotten about, but I've just found today because I'm actually recording this from my caravan. I'm uh, spending a bit of time on my own whilst waiting for little Dodsy to break up from school uh, and seeing my family at the same time who run a camp that uh, I've brought my caravan to. Have I just admitted that I have a caravan? <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, how am I going to record the podcast outro, as I call it, as I am off-grid, I don't have any electric, but I uh, am using solar power, so I'm able to charge my phone and my iPad, and not really my laptop. So I was trying to think of a, a different route, and then I looked on my phone and realised that I already had an app on here, and the app is provided by Rev. And so you can use it for just creating audio, as I'm doing now, but also if you want to, you can then press a button and send it off to be transcribed by them so you don't even need to be on your computer to be saving any audio or recording any audio to send off to be transcribed and of course you know what it's doing for me now is enabling me to record this for you in a very sort of mobile way uh, and I won't be getting it transcribed but I will be able to save it to my Dropbox account and edit it and then upload it uh, onto uh, Audacity which is what I use to um, edit the podcast and then it should all work wonderfully so I'm uh, really pleased that I've found the app today. <laughs> I don't know quite why I'd forgotten about it and uh, I'm sure I'll get much more use out of it now I know that it's there uh, but as I said I'd just like to share that rev.com is really good anyway for transcribing but if you're also looking to record audio on your uh, iPhone or iPad and potentially Android, I don't know if it works on Android, I imagine it probably does, uh, then you know it's worth having a look at their app as well. So hopefully you found that helpful. To remind you, the show notes for this podcast are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 67. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.